All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming out for the podcast and set. Uh, my guest this week is Mr. Drew Singh. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming down. Yeah. Uh, we just met. That's right. Briefly outside. That's right. Uh, you said you had taken a one-off with me. Yeah, you did a workshop. When Io does those festivals, they'll do like these one-off workshops, right. and you taught one about your your four scene types mm-hmm. approach to improv, and I remember taking that. Uh, I think we did a scene together, just one scene briefly on stage. I still remember it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> really? What was it? Uh, it was a scene where you were a Gap employee <laughs> who kept taking your dick out uh, in the middle of work. That's just that's some genius work. Right? It was great. It was great. You had, I think, I was beyond. It was a few years ago. Uh, I was a little greener, and I I was beyond impressed how many different one-eyed monster puns you had. You, oh, you had God. so many dick puns. It was amazing. It's really funny. <laughs> it's just that's embarrassing. Like, I, like I, no, it's such a good. No, that's one of the. I, I did a scene with you in a workshop, and what you did was you pretended to take your dick out a bunch of times. It's like, oh yeah, because you know that's that's what it's about right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but and you've been doing this now for what five six years now? Yeah, five and a half years i would say oh yeah and you yeah. told me you, you moved out here uh from mumbai that's right for college about 12 uh, years ago 12 years ago to usc studied here uh studied writing and uh film did that i mean i still do that i guess but i started improv only about five years ago yeah what was the thing that finally got you to the, i want to i want to do this improv yeah um, to be fair, though, I did. There was one class in college while I was there that was called improv. It wasn't. It was more of like it was this former clown from New York. Uh, he was from a New York clown troupe, and he called it improv. It was. It was really closer to clowning or something like right. that. Right. And I just remember in doing it, it wasn't like we were necessarily doing comedic scenes or anything. But I remember feeling for the first time like this felt like the perfect marriage between writing and performing at the same time and and it felt very it it just made me really be in the moment and doing it and then eventually I think out out of college I was just not having a a great time at that moment I was like I I want something that feels just purely fun in the moment and I was like oh that improv thing I did was pretty fun in college let me do let me do that that's interesting because I don't hear a lot of like people when like when they're when they would first be starting out be thinking about I just want to be in the moment. Yeah. Right? Because like, I think m- most people, like, I want to be funny. Yeah. Or I, there, there are things I want to do, I want to accomplish. But I think it's actually kind of beautiful to hear it. It's like, I just want to, I, I, I want something where I can just be in the moment yeah. and have fun. And I think for me, too, it's now, it's, now it's, it's increasingly changing the landscape where people are coming in because their agents are telling them to and they're mad, you know, and it's becoming mm-hmm. a career thing. I had no idea improv was even a career choice of some it, it's kind not, it's, it's not, not. I, I don't <laughs> think it is i don't think it is i mean I, but i but i see why people do it they're saying you know it's for all these uh it gives you all these benefits i guess in those areas right but i i think i also think that it's easier to get good at it if you don't have all those things on your head oh no i was i was, I was as you were talking i was just, I, was, I was i was thinking about the fact you're currently on a UCB uh, House Herald team. That's right. Rococo, yeah. Rococo. right? Rococo. Rococo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's only five years in. Uh, and that's actually quite a feather in the cap for someone who's only five years in. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely have been doing it a lot. I will say that. Probably. I, I bet my average amount of doing it amounts to someone who's been doing it maybe eight or nine you know the uh, the average amount of that people do it over 10 years is probably right. what I compressed as much as i could into just because i love it so much and it, it is like a 
an outlet for me. It is super fun to me. It's funny. I suspect that you did so well fairly quickly uh, because of what we talked about just a second ago. Because you, you approach it like, I want to be in the moment and I want to have fun, yeah. uh, which is rare in players. It's hard to get them to understand what being in being just being in in the moment yeah is. i agree it's hard to i mean that's what the essence of not being in your head is is being right really present and, and i i do feel like from t- teams i've coached or or taught in any way i feel like my approach often starts veering into that territory of like if you can really be present on stage and really live in the skin of a character often all the other mechanics kind of take care of themselves a little bit I, yeah, yeah like yes you want to think about if if you if your goal is comedy you want to think about the structures of comedy and all of that stuff off stage you do want to have a rhythm for that you do want to go like oh what makes a thing funny what makes uh, uh what makes patterns happen but then when you're on stage if you can just live in that character i feel like you'll do the things that we do in life which is what you're trying to replicate on stage wow that is pretty much exactly what I teach. I teach that you study like crazy off stage. Like you study the forms and the mechanics and the scene types. And as you, you put as much understanding in your brain as you can. But then when you walk on stage, you, you shift your focus completely yeah. from what you already know to, to the moment. Yeah. And whatever's there is what you get. Yeah. That's, I think the, so. that's the payoff of the training. But the fun is just the fun, like you say, is like in the moment. Yeah. That's where the fun is for sure. It's also that thing of like, if you think about what people do in if you're really if you, let's say you're really being a person on stage you're really being living in the skin of that character really feeling the the glass in your hand and really you know living in that uh, the place you're in what we do in real life is if you if you're really being that character you'll do the things they tell you to do in class because in real life when we see weird behavior we call it out you know what <clears> i mean if we are weird we kind of make sense of it in a way and, and defend our position that's just what humans do and so right. if, if you really are that character on stage that's what you'll do naturally because you'll be being a human being i don't know no i mean it makes sense to me it's like if you become to me it's like you're, you're sort of talking about like the game versus the character you're playing yeah uh yeah. whereas the character you're playing to me if, if a scene starts and you hear or you have an understanding of who you're supposed to play Right, you figured out the entire scene. Right, because no matter what the scene type is, no matter what the game is, yeah, you must have, you already know it because you've chosen the character yeah. born of that. Yeah, so that whatever that character does is probably going to be right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so all you got to do is be be them. Yeah, and I and I mean, there's so many like semantics with it. Where you know at UCB, the 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 game is such a the linchpin of that theater, and they talk about it a lot. But but I feel like it's pretty much what you're saying right now, which is that. The game of a scene is, or at least, if not the game, at least the first symptoms of it are always present in the first three lines of the scene. Oh, you sure. know what I mean? And I feel like it's the same thing. It's just listening for your position is pretty much a way of saying the same thing. It's that the whole scene is contained in that, uh, yeah, in that opening. What the scene is ultimately about, yeah. Uh, I think, and yeah, to me, like, I agree a lot in, in, in theory with probably most of what is taught at the UCB because it's, it we all come from the same place, right? Uh, we all started with, on the same team. Yeah, you know, the family back back in Chicago working with Dell. Yeah. Uh, and so to me, like I, it's funny because to me, like I, I hear people say, like, "Oh, the game of the scene." They like, like they almost want to badmouth the idea that there's a game to a scene. And it's like, look, it's we don't think about the game of the scene. We're just trying to explain to you what we're able to do. 
right? That that's I think what the game of the scene is. I'll explain like here's what we're doing that like you want to do, right? Right. And I'm just trying to explain it to you so you can understand it so that it will occur to you faster. Yeah. Right. Just the way when when you're in the moment, if you if you already have the understanding of what the game is then it'll occur to you faster. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you don't have that understanding, you're, you're going to be looking for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's just the teaching. Yeah. And I, think the, I think the game of the scene, because people are like, I don't do games. Like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. So, well, well, then, by the way, you don't do comedy because in, in every comedic moment, there's some level of gameplay. Yeah. yeah. There's some level of exaggeration yeah. or something. And there's different, there's different varieties of, like, you can, you can do the way, the way, especially we're taught to do heralds on stage and we do them at UCB is pretty much, I would call it the equivalent <laughs> of uh, 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 an improvised sketch show that has themes and recurring things that come, you know, you second beats of, of scenes and stuff. Right. But it's pretty, it's pretty close to improvising sketch on stage the way they teach it there which is that you're doing you're improvising a three minute ish sketch and then sweeping it and doing another one and doing another one and then doing it you know it's close to that you can pretty much play you don't have to play a game in that way you can also play a game the way Dasariski does which is they have <coughs> every character has a character game and they have relationship right. games and they have environment games and then they play that for 45 minutes at a time you know what I mean right game doesn't have to be such a rigid thing either I think oh yeah and I'm sure if you're on a house team you've already Managed to break the form. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the form is the net. Yeah. The form is, all right, here, learn the form that has all the basic rules yeah. in it. And now sort of, you know the rules, just sort of get rid of the form kind of and just do whatever the And kind of is. find your own approach to it. Like yeah. what is, I, I feel like the really good Harold teams and the teams I really admire at any theater are the ones that do it their way where you're like, oh, that is such a bangerang Harold. That is such a, right. you know what I mean? Uh, whatever uh, team Harold that you can really just... Um, I don't know the reckoning. Like that's such a reckoning show. You, that's just the way they approach it. And it, and all that goes back to what you were saying earlier, which is like all, the Herald, like anything else, just becomes the thing you understand. Yeah. And like right. the a thing I used to say uh, is first you learn to play the scene, which is you learn who you are, and if you know who you are, you know the game, uh, because you know who you're supposed to be, and then you learn to play the piece, because the piece occurs to you just like a scene occurs to you. Uh, like the, in, in a scene, it occurs to you, oh, we're both characters, we're these characters, so I get it, I don't need to worry about it. And as you're playing a piece, you realize, oh, we've had this and we've had this, but we haven't had this, so let's do something like that. And so it, it just occurs to you. So the, you know, any long form just becomes a thing you understand so that you can be given something different as you react. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, that was free right there. That was, that oh, was free. Nice. Uh, nice. The next one, five bucks. Okay, great. <laughs> um, count my, uh, yeah, get it out. Get out the cash right now. Uh, so, so you're doing Harold over there. You're mm -hmm. doing uh, one of the house teams over there. Yeah. Uh, are you playing anywhere else right now, or? Um, not right. Mostly at UCB. I've been playing on a couple other indie teams there. You know, indie, but we, you know, we we'll play slots there sometimes. Um, couple. I also, I'm a fan of. Uh, sort of weird theme teams just because it's different uh, i play on a team just only going to be relevant for hopefully hopefully only going to be relevant <laughs> for a few months but i play on a team called trump prov where all we all what, what what is it what is that we're all we all come out wearing red hats that say america is great again we're, we're a team we're an improv team from the year 2024 the last year of trump's presidency but the first year of his rule as world chancellor all right and all our <laughs> points of view are heavily influenced by donald trump so we're doing improv but heavily from <coughs> trump's point of view 
I fucking love that. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun to do. It's just, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just it really, insanity. I was, I was talking to Adam McKay, who had the idea. He, he said he, what he wanted to see was a team, like a, a team made up of, like, honest to God, Trump supporters. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? And just see them improvise. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, to me, they all got to be at some level fucked in the head. <laughs> right? But at the same time, they're human beings. Yeah. Uh, so let's watch them improvise. Yeah. The, 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 what I wanted to do, but I couldn't find the the, the, the team because I wanted to take, I wanted to find a team like that, and then basically have some someone clearly not of their uh, financial means, you know, some some poor person or something, so someone who's had a, a more difficult life, do monologues. Oh my god! And have great. them fucking them interpret it. <laughs> have them interpret the monologue. That's great. Uh, oh yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, just someone who who doesn't have the same <laughs> privilege or worldview. I just wonder if, if if they would. I suspect I I and this is probably just me being hopeful. I suspect their humanity would come through. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and they would be like, well, hearing it in this way, hearing it now, I wouldn't say the awful, racist, judgmental thing that I normally would. So I, I'd, I'd be more compassionate or more empathetic right now. I'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like improv as a art form, anyway, kind of relies so much on that on empathy and having some sense of a, of, of human decency to, to do it well. <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's hard to do improv well. I think if you don't have any empathy for. Although at the same time, I, I imagine that if you really push to show like that. And you guys, I wonder if you guys, maybe you guys get this, where you get like a Trump crowd. Like if that show drew like a Trump rally type crowd, then those players might become like they'd be aware of the audience support and then they might just become the monsters that they are. Yeah, they might play into it. Yeah. I've heard, I mean, I've done, I've done, uh, UCB has a thing called Tourco, which is they'll, you know, you, you go to colleges or small towns and do play shows there yeah and i played a show recently uh in missouri which is not you know it's not like a a hard right state i don't think it is a big red state is it i'm not, I'm not sure um but the crowd was definitely very different from the the, the far left-leaning sort of california right. crowd we're all kind of accustomed to here um and you could see certain things that got either a much bigger reaction because it because it played into something or it got no reaction because they just didn't they just flat out disagreed with that point of view right i don't know it was really it was fascinating it, helped, it reminds me like uh, me and heather had the opportunity uh to open for drew carey for oh a yeah while. uh and he he wanted us to do it because he was a fan of the 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 cage match when right. we were doing it at UCB. I, actually, I remember seeing him in the audience a few times when i when i'd see you guys play yeah, he was, he was that, yeah. he's, he's a, you know, a friend and a fan. That's great. Yeah. Uh, as am I of him. Uh, but we, we we were able to open for him, and I was like, all right, this will be interesting. I remember the first one we did. Like, it's for a casino Drew Carey yeah. audience. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are what I would describe almost every show I've seen, uh, I would call no holds barred. I think you have, oh, yeah. you have no limits, and you go wherever no form, the show takes you. Yeah. There's no limits. It's just it's whatever happens, happens. And I was thinking, and it was a, a, cause I, was, I kept thinking about the people in the crowd, I was like, they've seen, maybe they've seen Whose Line, right? That's probably what they've seen. So they get short form. But then it just occurred to me, it's like, they've never seen an edit. Like, in, on Whose Line, the game is explained, then it's played, then you take a break, 
and you get a new game and it's explained and then it's played. And I'm like, they've never, like, what are they going to think? <laughs> I was trying to be in their mind, like, when we edit and become two different people for no apparent reason. Yeah. Uh, what happened? What, what was their reaction? What I thought was very, I was curious, like, and I was also curious, like, are we going to fucking not do our shit because we're here? Because uh, there's always, you know, you play to the audience you're in front of. But what I, what I realized, and again, improv evolving and becoming better and better all the time, uh, you know, me and Heather are real solid. And I think one of the things we do very well is we get to the, the human part of a, of a scene, like the, the important part of a scene. Uh, like a, a father-daughter scene where mm -hmm. the, the daughter's rebelling and the father's not having it. Uh, if it's, it's more about their emotional places than it is about the things they say. Right. Right. And, 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 and if, if you establish that, that's relatable to everybody. Right. Because I think if you play like what's at the core of a character, what drives them, like being lonely is something that everyone can relate to. Uh, and I realized that in our sets, we do that. And I think that's why it, it worked because we did. And I was curious, like, are, are, are we going to bend or fold here? Uh, we certainly didn't because at the set we did, the first one we did ended with Heather mime fucking an elephant. <laughs> Uh, and I'm like, nope, that's us. Uh, what did the audience think? Uh, it worked. It was great. It oh, worked. I mean, it, it, it didn't kill like Drew killed because, you know, it's, it's, it's his house. Uh, and it's funny because Heather and I are both competitive. Her e probably even more so because <laughs> uh, she was like, she, I know she wanted to do better than Drew. Uh, there's no way you're going to do better than Drew in, yeah. in front of his house. But part of her was just like, I want to do it set so good. That he and had, it was him and like the Who's Line guys, right? No, it was just him doing stand-up. Oh, it was him doing stand-up. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. He's, gotcha. An old, he, he, he's a very good stand-up. Oh, I mean, he's, cool. Yeah. He, the, that's how he started. Right. Yes, but that audience is there to see him. Oh, yeah, yeah, They're yeah. exclusively there to see him. But what, yeah. what I found interesting was that, the, like you're talking about being in the moment, playing the character, finding the humanity in the character any person will connect to that. Right. To me, I think it goes back to, now that, that reminds me of like uh, myths and like Joseph Campbell and uh, the, the, the fact that like all tribes everywhere on the planet share like the same myths. It's wild, yeah. Right? The same archetype. Yeah, the, the story, same yeah. basic myths, the same basic human things. I think that's, if you key into that when you're playing, in front of anyone, they're gonna, they're gonna buy in. That's a good point, yeah. Because they, they because they catch it. Yeah. Um, so what's your day job? <laughs> I think you told me, which is, no, go ahead, say it. Uh, I don't have a day job, but I, I coach improv, uh, and I'm, I'm about to start teaching this week. Uh, but that's a great, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, it's very hard to get to a place in, in your career where basically you don't have to have a day yeah. job. Yeah. And you also write. I write and act. Uh, yeah, I write, I write on a, it's called a digital team. It used to be, I was on Mod there, which was like the sketch programs. I write a lot of stuff there. But also that write pays? Long, that doesn't pay. No, that does not pay. But but I, uh, I've i had a few writing gigs before. I mean, for a while I worked in um, development, like at a, at, a, at a production company reading scripts a lot, which was right. great, ex a lot of great experience just to be like, and also really builds up your confidence because you're getting scripts from you know, with these A-list actors attached and with these, like, from these supposedly good writers and 90% of them are at best mediocre, or at worst, terrible. You right. Know? It just builds up your confidence to be like, oh, what you, what we think of as the standard is actually, it's there, but the standard is more about structure and and things like that than actually good. 
if that makes sense. The standards just like what what they're looking for in Hollywood is just like does this hit our the beats that we're familiar with right. and is this marketable in some way? Right. But there very few scripts are good. I don't know. That that's a, that, that's a little irrelevant but I'm saying improv, if, but. You, if you're at a place where basically by teaching or coaching uh, or occasional writing gigs, occasional acting gigs, if your career can sustain you without having to have a, you know, a waiter job or a bartending job or some shitty office job, uh, that's a great level to get to. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm very lucky for sure. It's, yeah, I have no, no complaints about it. I would ra- it's, it's, a, it's a thing where, yeah, at any, at, at any point if you're making money, even peripherally doing the thing you love doing, that's great. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I, I do, I'm very passionate about coaching and stuff. I love it. I love seeing a team get better. I love helping them. Because you're in the moment with them. You're in the moment with them, yeah. It's, just, it's, just, it's funny because I think with you, it, it's always going to come back to that. And that's such a beautiful thing. That I don't, you, know, you don't hear people, especially describing coming in. It's yeah. like, I want to be in the moment. I want to have fun. Which means if you're coaching, you want to be in the moment with them. Yeah, very uh, much so. Yeah. To to you, you've already keyed into the thing that's that's fun about this, which is it's a shared experience. Yes. Right. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's 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 why I would never do stand up. Right. Uh, just because I I've, I've done stuff alone that succeeded, and I I hated it because I was alone. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hated not having someone to share it with. Yeah. And it always feels more like an expo- an exploration when there's somebody else on stage. That's I think exploration is what is the most fun part of improv. Is that it's a it's an exploration and also like it's it's to me a lot like the audience is coming to this the audience at an improv show is giving you a blank check on their imagination you know what i mean they're saying because you can you can take an audience anywhere it's it's like uh, this is maybe a strained metaphor but i feel like it's like if you're a, if you're a movie producer and or no, i'm sorry if you yeah you're a movie producer and a financier comes to you and says i want you to make a movie for me and you say okay what's the budget and they give you a check for infinity dollars and say do just make any fucking movie you want you know what I, I mean? would say bullshit because this is there's no way i can cash this check for infinity dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but it's like i mean it's like i, the, I get it but it's like the, and, this, and i think that a lot of teams you know cash about twenty dollars of that check usually it shows they'll be like right. okay here's a series of scenes about two people three feet apart from each other in a general room you know what i mean they don't really use right. that to actually not to, and i don't mean you have every scene has to be in space or here's two or people people's. standing at 45 degree angles talking to <laughs> yeah, each other talking to each other about something well and, I, and I, again that doesn't mean they have to be in dazzling locations or whatever but I, but it just means like the audiences will go anywhere with you a, a story I've, I've rich tallarico sort of been a, a mentor to me uh, both writing and uh, improv wise and he was telling me the story about a show he did in Second City. Maybe you were on that team. I don't know. It was like him, Tina Fey. Nope. Right? I okay. Wasn't there. Uh, he was telling me about the show they did, where they were all circus performers, and there was a scene in which they climbed. They 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 had all climbed up. It was sort of a mono scene. It ended up being a, a one long scene. And they they climbed up uh, the the you know my improv stairs to to a tightrope, and they were all walking on the tightrope. And then at some point. One of them shuddered, and they all swayed. And Rich was like, he heard in the audience four people or something like that gasp, like, oh. And it occurred to him, oh, we're just standing on a black box theater stage with nothing around us. But the audience has invested so much of their imaginations that they're actually scared. And that's kind of amazing. That's an amazing thing that we get to do where the audience is giving you their full sum contents of their imagination. Right. That's kind of great. I don't know. That's the fun of improv, I think, is that you can take them anywhere. That's wonderful. And they'll believe it. Yeah. All right. I love that. Let's, uh, are there any questions? 
uh, for Drew out there? You only get one shot. <laughs> you only get one. But it is. All right. Yeah, you in the back. Is that a question? I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> No, I'm just trying to pimp someone in the audience oh. and ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> I just love doing that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, hey, Drew. Hey. Uh, I posted a sweet video online of you guys trashing the stage at UCB. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. Uh, that was a Rococo show, a Harold show we did. We were doing, uh, uh, at UCB, there's a thing called Herald Fridays, which are, it's not Herald Night, but it's a, it's a slot that's designed to, at least then, the AD really wanted us to do experimental heralds, or like heralds that have some hack to them that make us, you know, do something else. So we were doing a silent soundtrack herald, which is a herald where we, someone, one of the interns before the show went up and down the audience line outside and had people write down their favorite songs. We fed them into a Spotify playlist. We were second in the hour. And then we just did silent improv based on those songs, uh, and it was it was a real lesson in the power of just physicality. There was a certain scene where we ended up just trashing the stage, not trashing it like in a way that actually harmed it, but just someone pulled out a chair and kind of tossed it onto the stage as a start of sort of a group game, and then we all just started adding things to it until we were you know running to the bathroom, throwing toilet paper on stage, running backstage and grabbing a couch and putting it on stage, uh, and it was just this, and the audience was roaring it was such a fun like live like amazing experience and just this confirmation of like sometimes improv should be as simple as just throw a bunch of shit on stage and <laughs> you know don't worry about it being smarter than that sometimes <laughs> i mean yeah it was a lot of fun it's funny cause you you wonder what the audience like like this because to me like if i was watching that what that Im immediately would evoke is like stories of rock and rollers trashing hotel rooms right 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 yeah. and if you're doing it physically in such a way that makes me think Maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was a little, uh, definitely the song that was playing, I don't remember it, but I think it had that vibe. It had that energy to it where it felt raucous and, you know what I mean? And that goes back to that simple thing. It's like, if, like you guys probably keyed into something. The whole room was probably keyed into, this feels like some, like trashing a room. Yeah, that's the fun of that form too, of doing yeah. improv to music or something, is that it's pure feeling based, you know, the... You can sometimes do a clever scene because the song has a lyric in it about something, but usually it's just, what does the song feel like this is? Oh, it feels like a smoky room in the 1940s or whatever, you know, and you just Again, live in that. being in the moment. Yeah, being in the moment. That's beautiful. All right, <laughs> let's end it there. Let's do a set. Cool. Thanks. Me and Drew are going to do about 25 to 30 minutes of long-form improvisation for you, and all we need to get us started is a suggestion of anything at all. Shuffle. What? Shuffle. 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 <laughs> I see one familiar. You dealt me three cards. Yes, three cards stud. <laughs> three cards stud. I've never played. Really? I'm gay. Well, Jack's back in Colorado. This is uh, 
pretty much all we play. Yeah, all right. Exactly. It's not three stud, it's six card Monday. Oh, what, what, you don't want to hear more Colorado stories? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's all stoned out there. There's three cards, there's only, only so much you can do. It's not traditional, that's certain. Yes, that's right. fine. Three card stud, all right. Well, what's that? The Monty. The one card Monty. What does that mean, one card Monty? Three card stud. We have three, we, I would assume that would mean I get three cards and that's all I get. Three card stud. Yes, but there's a Monty that we match up on. <laughs> we match up on a Monty. Whoever matches the Monty gets to open the next flip deck. Flip deck? Check. <laughs> <laughs> what's, 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 what's a flip deck? <laughs> it's the, it's the deck. He said, you said whoever matches the Monty gets to open up the flip what are you? Deck. Are you accusing me of making up this game? Yes, today? I am. Right now I am. <laughs> you think I, just, I was in Colorado and I just got stoned one day and then I made this game up as a way to gamble my way into lots of winnings. I think you've been losing all night. All right, now it's down to you and I. Well, I'm not the best at poker, okay? Maybe, it was, maybe that was it. We played a lot of poker and you... Alright, well, I, I fold. In this game, you can't fold. I guess. What do you mean you can't fold? You can't fold. You can't make up a rule. You can't fold. It's three card. I'm not making it up. This is a real game, okay? Three <laughs> card Monty flip deck. Look, I'm not going home to my wife fifty thousand dollars in debt. I'm not doing. It. We're gonna play around a three card Monty flip deck, and then whoever wins, double or nothing. How do you win three card Monty flip deck? <laughs> you won't believe this. I have an A of spades. So? I win. Alright, bullshit. <laughs> Just because you have an A of the whole I win, Jack! <laughs> Alright, well, there were no wagers made. Well played. Well played, Ben, well played. Alright, you got me, okay? I have a problem. I wager way too much in other games and I lose a lot of money and I, I need it back. Ah. The battle. The game is over. What? We said we were gonna play for a certain amount of time. That time has passed. You owe me fifty thousand dollars. Lila's gonna leave me, Jack. I told her I was done. She took me back. I told her I was done. She's gonna leave me. Come on, for for the old days, huh? No, no, no. You don't. Float someone $50,000 for the old days. You owe me $50,000. Hey, hey, hey. Sophomore year. Who, who told you, who, who helped you out? Who helped you out in, in, uh, in that calculus class? Steve Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yes, he was a wonderful, wonderful friend. You're still in touch with him? Oh, yes, see him all the time. Really? Yeah, he doesn't gamble. He's no fool. <laughs> you do though. I do got very good at it. I just won fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> God damn it, man. You haven't changed, you know that? You haven't changed. You're a fucking scoundrel in college and you're a scoundrel now. Yes I was and yes I am. <laughs> I'm gonna write you a check. A check? <laughs> yes. Is this check going to be good? Just don't don't cash it until November. 
November, don't catch <laughs> until November. That's not how this works. I brought $50,000 in cash to this game. Because that's how I rolled. That's what this game is about. This was a cash game. You're supposed to have it. Not bad on me for not checking up front. Normally yes. I will check up front. I gave you the benefit of the doubt because you're an old friend. Old friend. Some old friend I call in to have a drink with you in your goddamn palace of a house. Yes. And this is what you do to me? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yes, of course you're doing well. I know you're doing well. You invented a fucking jean zipper, okay? Yes. They had those already. Not like mine. Like yes, not I know, mine. Yeah, I know. Who I'm needs a jean zipper with three teeth? You don't need a jean zipper. It's better. It's not better. It it's zips not faster. Okay. okay. <laughs> it unzips faster. Yes. And it doesn't catch. Yes. I don't want your check that's good in November. Well, I can't pay you then, okay? I'm sorry, but I, I I'm not going home to Lila, and I'm not telling her that I lost all my money to a goddamn zipper magnet. That's unfortunate. What's that mean? That means I'll have to make a call. A call? Yes, to my collectors. You see, I have collectors. I'm not one for the dirty work of collecting money. I'm for the clean work of winning it. Huh. Guess the rumors about you were true. <laughs> oh yes, I started them. You did, didn't you? I spoke to Gerard. <laughs> I told him you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to meet Jack Worthington tonight. This is 64-year-old Scotch. That's too old. <laughs> Not for me. I drink nothing but 64-year-old Scotch. Every year you re-up your collection so it's, it's there? Yes. <laughs> like a lot of work. Pardon me? Seems like a lot of work. Seems like a hassle. It's something to do with my millions. <laughs> How do you do it, Jack? How did you do it? Got this palatial view of the valley? Ah, uh, yes. My valley. <laughs> you own the valley? <laughs> yes, I own the valley. I don't want to look out on someone else's valley. <laughs> you own the San Fernando Valley? <laughs> yes, I do. Well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Nope. <laughs> you heard that, didn't you? That was the sound of a tight, perfect zipper. Coming to its resting place and ceasing. <laughs> Let's go triple or nothing, okay? You don't have any money. Yes, but I, I, I will. I will have it. I will have it. I will. I'll win. I'll win this. Triple or nothing. How did it go? How did it go? You were there all night. Yeah, honey. Um, I was worried. I'm sorry. Uh. Very, very attached to our son. He's two years old. Yes. 
Alright, I'm, I'm just... I couldn't be more attached to our son. That's a weird thing to ask me right now. Yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't related to anything. Um, it, I, clear, it clearly was. What, <laughs> what, what, did you, what did you fucking do? What did you fucking do? My friend Jack has never had kids and he wanted kids. He agreed to get rid of all the debts if we just... If we just, if we just all start. the debts. What debts? What debts did you have? I got $150,000 in debt, okay? I played him triple or nothing in a game of eight-card stud. I lost... Eight cards, that's not even a game. <laughs> I know that. I know that. I still lost at it, okay? You lose if you make it. You make up games and lose. I'm bad. I'm bad at gambling. Stop doing it. I am not giving up our son. It's okay. No. It's okay. It's okay. Daddy's home. Yeah, daddy's home. Dad, daddy's home. It's okay. Billy, you having fun? You having fun here? Daddy lost one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Go back to bed. <laughs> we talked about this, Lila. We talked about this. He doesn't even know what that means. I just wanted to say it. Well, that's good. If he doesn't know what it means, then he doesn't know what it means to go live with somebody else for a while. You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> giving up my son. All right. That is not. Just go work for your father. I'm not, I, I, I'm not doing that, okay? You owe 150 fucking thousand I don't need a handout from my father. Your father I, is rich, and all you have to do is sit in the fucking office no. and be his, be his VP. That's not for me, okay? I'm not one of those corporate types. Oh, what's, what's for you is giving away your son. Temporarily. <laughs> temporarily. Temporarily.
I want a million of them. <laughs> yes. So that's one million non-vibrating. One million vibrating. Okay. And one for you. <laughs> uh, okay, one for me. Yes, uh, so you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yes, hello. Hi, sir. Um, I have a really large shipment for you. Just <laughs> delivered to this address. <laughs> a large shipment of what? What is it? Uh, I, I don't know the the, the logo only says uh, Pink and Friendly Incorporated. That's there's a series of trucks in front of the house. <laughs> yes, uh, I think it's an order for maybe Christopher. <laughs> what did you and your friend do when he was over here a few days ago? When you had your sleepover? I'm not accepting this delivery. Uh, <laughs> sir, you have to, I need someone to sign for it, or I, I can't leave. Well, then you, I hope you brought a tent. <laughs> I'm not signing for these, these, and I don't believe you ordered 800 million. <laughs> 800 million and one. All right, no. All right. How many dildos are out there? I, I, I can check the shipment if you don't mind me. Yeah, go check. <laughs> you go to the world. You are grounded until further notice. Wasted a bunch of people's time. Like trucks and trucks with full dildos outside. <laughs> Don't you giggle. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. His box is full of... <laughs> Your son and his little friend ordered billions of dildos. That's right. And they were delivered to our house this morning. Jesus Christ. Well, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, Reginald? We need to discipline him better. Yes, yes, we do. How many dildos did you order? Millions. I don't know. <laughs> Go ask the guy living on the front lawn right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. He's not going to leave until we sign for the shipment. There's no, don't sign for the fucking shipment. He's cooking on a hot plate right now. I don't care. He's making turkey burgers. He's just living on our lawn. Sounds good. <laughs> smells good. Yes. So what's, what are we, he's not going to leave. We haven't paid for them until we signed for them. It's right? so long as I smelled cooking. Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? It means you can't cook. Really? Oh, <laughs> yes, that's what it means. Oh, you know what? Maybe I would be more inclined to cook if I had a good reason to, Reginald. Maybe that's why our son's ordering 800 million dollars. Oh. <laughs> this senses his mother's empty, long oh. vagina. Oh, here we go. <laughs> What, 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 what? Here we go. I was in the war! Yes, yes. <laughs> but you're impotent, okay? Yes, because my dick was shot in half. <laughs> we know this. We've been over this. I don't think we need millions of dildos to take its place. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can ask him if I'll accept delivery of one. 
then you can, I, I, you can, or we can, I don't know if you want me there when, <laughs> when you're doing that. Like, maybe you want me doing, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. I'm under a lot of pressure right now. Oh, you got onions going. That's, oh, definitely onions. Oh, yeah. See, there's a reason I can't fuck, all right? Dick shop. All right? You should be able to cook. What we're smelling right now is onions on a fire. Does smell good. Yes. Try putting onions in a pan and putting heat under it. All right, maybe I will. Maybe I will do that. Maybe I'll cook you up something just as a surprise later today. I don't know. Maybe I'll go outside and see if I can purchase a very small portion of what our son has had delivered. Uh, hello there. Oh, good, 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 good. Ah, here no, we go. no, I'm not signing. I'm not signing for the entire delivery. I would like one of your one of your dildos. One of my dildos. Yes. I got six armored trucks full of dildos, man. <laughs> Why you? Bring armored trucks. Because <laughs> people want to steal them. They're valued. They're, there's 800 million dildos in there. No way you can get 800 million dildos in six armored trucks. I just think it's a physical impossibility. I think there are millions. I mean, if you order say 800 million, it does. To be fair, some of them are small vibrators, so maybe that's part of it. Some of them are probably crammed in there real tight. I think one of those two. Take a vibrator. A small and a vibrator. Okay. And a dildo. You know what? It's better than nothing, my friend. Okay. Small vibrator, small dildo. Great. Yes. That it? Yes, I think that's it. That should that should do it, I believe. If I recall correctly. One year. Zzz, that. It's been a while since you've uh, had sex, huh? My dick was shot in half. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It's a really interesting way to describe it, if you don't mind me asking. Shot in half. <laughs> it's an accurate way of describing it. Yeah, but it sounds like you kept the other half almost. Like yes, I guess my dick, I kept the other half. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do with it? It's in this medallion. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's preserved in like an amber fluid. Yes. One day, one day in the future, I hope in science, <laughs> somehow put my dick back together. I keep it in this, in this amber fluid. Hmm. I bet they're working on it somewhere, my friend. They're always making advances. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah! Mine just bubbled over again. Yes, yes, yes. I haven't got the right amount of fluids in. God. The right combination of fluids mm -hmm. could repair a man's broken dick. That's right. <laughs> I God. suspect. I suspect a random theory I came up with. <laughs> you know, Dr. Sykes, if the government ever finds out we're using all that cancer research money for this, they will be mad. Well, fuck the government. Fuck the government. That's what I say. I say we get our dicks repaired soon. Yes. Mm. Our dicks aren't broken, though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it just bubbled over again. <laughs> all right. Ah, okay, okay. Wait, what's that? It's some sort of orange mess. Merging together, I'm gonna drop something in it. We got all these severed parts from the medical school. 
finger in there. Oh, it's coming together. It's coming together. It's becoming a dick. <laughs> <laughs> we created a few a fluid that, that creates a dick. <laughs> I'm going to put a, 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 a yes. quarter in there. Put a quarter in there. Yes, yes, yes. <gasps> becoming a dick. Becoming a dick. Oh, this is... Oh, the, the things we can make dicks. The possibility. Anything. This. Oh, uh, two parts of glamour plutonium, one part of hydrochloric acid. Glamour plutonium. That's right. Glamour plutonium. Glamour plutonium. All right. Where did you get the glamour plutonium? I'm curious about the glamour plutonium. From the Chanel warehouse. From the Chanel warehouse. Yes, it's it's a plutonium. All right. Glamorous. You know what? I'm in. Glamour plutonium. What was the other one? Uh, 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 hydrochloric acid? Hydrochloric acid. Oh, that would seem horrific. I know, but it's doing the yes. job. And, and, oh, and I see an orange dye. Yes, right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we called you here because the government is interested. Yes, I believe, I'm sure the government is interested. Yeah, we sure they are. <laughs> what we're looking for is some sort of new weapon to use on the front. Do you need something turned into a dick? I <laughs> Every member of the North Korean army. We're gonna drop this fluid on them, turn them into dicks. Turn them into <laughs> it, it hasn't been tested on a, a living human being. I'm not sure what would happen. Well, why not? Well, I'm, I'm not sure if they would physically become giant penises. <laughs> Or if they just become sort of, you know, assholes. Look, I'm going to call this to sign the confidentiality agreement, but there's a man in this room right now who's a prisoner of war who's just recovered from Guantanamo. We're going to go in there and test the fluid out on him. That's good with me. I, I, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. I was on my way to church. I do not belong here. For walking? Yes, yes. This is completely wrong. What? He became an enormous phallus. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, so I suppose the government wants that then, huh, mister? That's right. What are you going to do when you're facing a whole army of giant penises? <laughs> Whatever you do when, when, you, when, when you have a dick and you want to get rid of it. All right. <laughs> All right. Now they're going to fly in. Okay. They're going to fly in. Everybody, everybody put the plastic tarp on themselves. Okay. Everybody under the tarp. Under the tarp. story holds true, we're about to see some real fucked up shit. <laughs> oh. Oh, that just... What the fuck? <laughs> what the hell is going on? <sighs> Bunch of dickheads. Is 
This is what I signed up for. <laughs> this is exactly what I signed up for. What do you mean? You signed up for a fucking They just turned a bunch of human beings into penises. There's a field of fucking penises out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Penis field, my friend. You, look, look, we all know how you swing, alright? Alright, but what are you gonna do? Fuck an entire field of giant fucking penises? <laughs> yeah, I'm a polyamorous penis fiend, my friend. I wanna get in that field and enjoy myself. You fucking hear that, man. I, I am pulling back. Who's with me? Yeah, that's some sick shit we just saw. I did not sign up to watch human beings turn into penises. I kill a man, but I will not. <laughs> this becomes seen like like a slow motion video where he's just dancing between in a field of penises <laughs> that swing back and forth and sort of bounce off him. <laughs> And then it's seen from above, where all the penises are swinging back and forth, almost, almost like some Lacajo faux thing, where it's all in perfect unison. And then, as he spins in the middle, all at once, all of them burst with cum. <laughs> and, it, and it lands on him. And he transforms. <laughs> Transforms. What? What will he become? What will he become? He, be, he be, he's becomes slightly older. <laughs> he becomes a slightly older man in the field. And it almost feels as if the penises are laughing, <laughs> laughing with glee, getting their revenge on the terrible fate that has awaited them. All those soldier souls inside them, finally. Wait a minute. All the penises just, just came on him. <laughs> and he became slightly older. This has to end here. We can't let these penises reach civilization. They'll make everybody slightly older. <laughs> Move it, though. They're on the march, You see penises. <laughs> <laughs> In the distance, we see a major city where there are people still up here. There's a two two men standing uh, on a balcony, looking looking out. Yes, I purchased this city. What a beautiful city. Yes, first the valley in Los Angeles, and now this city, my friend. Yes. <laughs> you know, your wife was going to have you killed. Yes. Yes. I did hear that? Um. Took a job with my dad, and she kind of let things go. All right. <sighs> it's good to be back to my life at the status quo. What uh, the fuck is that? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. There's legions and legions of enormous penises marching toward the city. Marching, like shuffling, shuffling along on their balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! Huh. Oh, 
everyone on the path is becoming slightly older. <laughs> yes, just, just a few years older, oh. one by one. Attractive people are becoming slightly less attractive. People with hair are, are sometimes losing a little bit of hair. Others are retaining it. It's a wave. Just coming towards us. Well, it's been a good run. We came to you because the two of you created the formula. Yes? We need you to go back to the lab and find a way to turn things into a bunch of giant pussies. <laughs> it's the only way we'll be able to combat these penises. <laughs> Fortunately for you, my partner and I anticipated this. <laughs> We've been working overnight around the clock. Yes, we've been working overnight around the around clock. clock. Yes, I know, I know, but that's what we say. Yes. All right? And yes, we have a formula that will turn anything you want into a vagina. <laughs> we only have a little bit. <laughs> this is all we've made so far. So you better use it wisely, my friend. I'd use it on something big. Then you'd have an enormous vagina. Big. The biggest thing I've seen was walking over here. A fleet of armored trucks parked outside some guy's house. Oh, all right, well, whatever you say. Come back to the Valkyrie. Oh, look, there's a bunch of military helicopters <laughs> carrying a giant ball of armored trucks. <laughs> all right, this is wild. This is an interesting day. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, and something. Seems like a man is pouring a small vial of liquid out of those the helicopters. Out of the. Dear God! God! <laughs> this. This. That, a sky sized vagina! <laughs> oh, it's falling! It's falling. <laughs> it's falling out of that army of penises approaching! Oh, oh they're all being sucked in! Oh my God! <laughs> One after the other! Those. They're gone. They've all gone into the vagina. Oh shit, now the trees are being sucked in. Everything's been sucked in. It's like a black hole. It's a black hole. That vagina is a black hole! Oh my god. I knew it! I always knew this day would come. <laughs> what do you mean you always knew this day would come? <laughs> this exact day would come? This day would come. Where a giant vagina would drop from the sky, which would actually be a black hole, which would destroy the planet. Someone owes me money. <laughs> That's our show! I was, I'm just thinking, like, before the show, I talked about, the, we did that dick scene back We did, yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, well, that's kind of embarrassing. Well, let's, let's make sure we do that tonight. It's especially <laughs> embarrassing to talk about improv theory and be like, you know, I really think that there's a lot of improv theory. And a giant, absorbs a lot of man-sized dicks. All right. Uh, thanks again for coming out and hanging out. Please stick around, because tonight is sketch night, and it's going to get crazy. All right, thank you. Yeah. Yeah.